May the words we speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So three questions. What is the kingdom of heaven? How would you describe the reign of heaven from your experience of it? And what images or stories would you tell? So, how do you respond to those questions? What is the kingdom of heaven for you? Peace on earth. Yep. I'm sure you've got some ideas. They're a big theme in the Gospels. Like that's what the Gospels are all about, particularly Matthew, Mark and Luke, and even John. We pray it every Sunday in the Lord's Prayer. Any other ideas? purpose and working together around that purpose. And now yesterday morning we went, we were up to be putting pre-bait together and there were 30 of us and we were all working together and, and the feeling of that shed was just sense of commonality and being drawn together and working together and how else might we describe the kingdom of heaven? It is so the work of Tutunga Fano and opening up those homes, furnishing them, but also the wraparound services so that yeah, people can kind of get their lives back on track and, and move out of those homes into into more permanent accommodation. And the image I had, or well, the thought I had, was the um, Kaiaroha, those people who you know, just decided that Friday nights they'd go down there and, and provide dinner for anyone that wanted to come along and, and have dinner. And you don't need to be homeless. Anyone can go along and have dinner there on Friday nights. But it generally is people at the the bottom of the scale who are there, many of them who are homeless, and um, the generosity that they offer and the aroha and the, the hospitality that they offer is amazing. Yeah, that's bringing us back to this commonality of, of, of purpose. Um, everybody is there because they want to be there and... and Yep. 
Well, we heard um, from Matthew and Paul this morning about the reign of heaven or the kingdom of heaven. Uh, As I've said over the last few weeks, for Paul, the reign of heaven is the fulfillment of the covenant. So it is about the restoration of humanity and the renewal of creation. So, I mean, a lot of our stories have been about that, the, the helping of people who are homeless, the feeding of people... Um, kind of offering hope, offering compassion, offering hospitality. And in part today we heard uh, from Paul about uh, the Spirit of God yearning in us and for us, which is a really interesting image, isn't it? I mean, we often think about, I mean, often God is portrayed as out there somewhere and we are the ones who are kind of yearning and God will help us. But actually Paul is saying when we yearn for these good things, that is the Spirit of God yearning within us for these things, yearning through us for these things, which is, a, I think, a really interesting image. So at the heart of Paul's theology, then, is this, he doesn't use the language of kingdom of heaven, but he is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And uh, the last part of our reading from Paul this morning was about the faithfulness of God to this covenant, to this reign, when these things will come to pass. And so the invitation to Paul to the Romans was for them to look for how that was coming to pass in Rome and how they were taking part in that. And that invitation is for us as well. Matthew is a little bit more subversive in his, um, in his stories around what the kingdom or reign of heaven is. And uh, so I use both those words because uh, we traditionally translate the Greek word as kingdom, but it can actually be translated as kingdom or reign. Or, in fact, empire. So we, we never use the word empire there, but actually it can as easily be translated as empire as any of the other words, which is an interesting word to use, isn't it? There is Matthew writing for communities which have just been hammered by the Roman Empire. And his story is set in Judea before the destruction of Jerusalem, again under the rule of the Roman Empire. And he is saying, the empire of heaven. It's astoundingly dangerous and subversive. Because the kind of things that he has Jesus talking about is very different from the empire of Rome. And he is inviting the people there to think about what the empire of God looks like. What does it look like when God is in charge rather than Rome? It's very, very subversive language. It takes away the authority from Rome or, in Jesus' time, from Herod or from the Sanhedrin, and it places it somewhere else. It places that ultimate allegiance, that ultimate Faithfulness to somewhere else. He calls for another way of seeing the world, the way of seeing it through the covenant, the same as Paul. And he tells some stories, and I've gotten mixed up, so you may have noticed that. But anyway, the first story I should have told that Jesus did tell is the story of the mustard seed. The picture comes in. So um, the mustard seed, it's, it's a nice story, isn't it? This little seed that grows up into a shrub. Well, Mark says it's a shrub. Q, the source that uh, Matthew and Luke use, says it grows up to be a big tree. So I think Matthew must have been an Anglican because he says 
it grows up to be a shrub and then it grows up to be a tree so he kind of tries to hold both versions in his one little story uh, and it's nice you know birds birds this little seed grows into something that the birds then um, land on build nests on and things like that the thing we miss about mustard seeds is their weeds so when Jesus said when you plant a mustard seed people would have been going why on earth would you plant a mustard seed that is stupid and in our New Zealand context the equivalent would be gorse when you plant gorse which of course we'd think why would you plant gorse it's a weed it just grows everywhere Forgetting, of course, that it got here because our forebears came here and planted gorse to make nice little hedges. And if you go on the internet, you can see nice little hedge, uh, gorse hedges in other parts of the world. But here, it just goes boom. It reminds me of um, where, where I grew up in Karori. The hill behind us was covered in gorse. Covered in it, just like that. But there's a very interesting thing about gorse. It makes the perfect habitat for the native bush to regenerate underneath. Today, that hill is covered in native bush. So, uh, also very good for lighting fires. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's why it does burn. But um, it's an interesting image that um, that gorse, which just is a weed and it grows everywhere and Jesus used this image of a weed that grows everywhere uninvited uh, but also is the place that nurtures new growth native bush in our case that is stunningly beautiful it's a great image of what the kingdom of heaven is like and it's quite a subversive image I think that then leads to the second story, and I'm only going to talk about these two stories, uh, about a woman who puts yeast into three measures of flour, which sounds quite a sensible thing to do, doesn't it? Unless, of course, that flour was from leavened bread, which doesn't have yeast in it. So that's a little problematic. And what the other thing we miss about this story is that three measures of flour is actually a lot of flour. It would make a lot of bread. And unless you were feeding a lot of people, you would never put yeast in three measures of flour. Because you simply could not eat the bread before it went off. It's really wasteful. So we have these two images about the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God, the empire of heaven, which are ridiculous. I mean, people would have just gone, what do you mean you would plant that weed? That People don't plant that weed. They try to get rid of that weed. What do you mean you would put yeast into three measures of flour? That's so wasteful. Think of all the... Like, you can't go to the shop and buy flour in Jesus' time. You had to make the flour yourself. And then to destroy it with, so easily with, with yeast is ridiculous. And yet Jesus says, that is what the kingdom of heaven is about. It's what it's like. So these aren't nice stories. They are subversive stories. They are shocking people to help them think of the world in new ways. Think of God's action in the world in new ways. They are shocking and unsettling stories. And they should shock us. They don't because we're so familiar with them. And they should unsettle us. Which takes me back to those first questions. 
what is the kingdom of heaven for us? Where are the, where are the moments that unsettle us? Where are the things that are shocking us? What are the images that we would use to describe the kingdom of heaven, the empire of God? These are the things we need to keep thinking about, the, the stories we need to keep telling each other. Because they are, in fact, what the Gospels are about. And Jesus, Matthew wasn't having Jesus tell these stories just so that we thought they were nice stories, but he was actually inviting the community that he was part of to tell their own stories about what the kingdom of heaven was for them. say the creed and as we say the creed I'm just going to offer this little um, thought um, I was talking to someone the other day who said there's a great problem with the creed and it has really um, skewed our theology and thinking about the Christ event where are the gospels in the creed all the stories of the gospel most of them are a comma all those stories about Jesus, we get down to uh, he became fully human. It's a full stop, actually. It's not even a comma. And then half to two-thirds of the stories of the Gospels are contained in that full stop, and we go straight to the crucifixion. And these creeds have, have skewed us to kind of ignore so much of what's happening in the Gospels, and we focus on the Christmas stories, which are only in two of the Gospels, and then the crucifixion and resurrection stories, as if everything that came before that was just a lead-up for it, with some nice stories that we can or cannot take any notice of, but aren't that important. But actually, for the Gospel writers, because they were most of their Gospels, they were super important. So the creeds have actually done us a disservice. They have reduced the Gospels down to a full stop. And in our thinking about what the kingdom of heaven is about, we need to look at that full stop and think what does that full stop represent and put the Gospels back in there. So let's stand and think about that and also think about how are we gorse in the world and how is God gorse in the world and what is the new life that has been nurtured within us and through us.